Hey guys, it's Esther here. Just a quick disclaimer before the actual episode starts, Ikhna and I just wanted to emphasize that all of the tips and all of the advice that is going to be in the episode is from our own personal experiences. So we are in no way saying that this is the only set way to get into Waterloo. We are just saying what helped us. So with that said, I really, really hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to our second episode of our dive podcast. So basically, this episode is going to be talking about how Ikhnar and I got into Waterloo, specifically Waterloo Engineering. So the reason we wanted to do this as our basically our first real episode is because I know this time is like the time where everyone's like applying to like all the different universities and it's a stressful time. And additionally, a lot of people have been like reaching out to us about, oh, like what were your stats? What did you guys write in your like sub app and all these different questions so we decided to just make a video on this and hopefully it's like helpful just to give like some of our tips our advice what we wrote and like how to just maintain calm in this stressful time period mm-hmm, yeah um so going off uh, first off the question that we get like quite often is like how, how do you choose which engineering to apply to? Because I know the lines can get really blurred, especially with like comp edge, soft edge, side, mechatronics, which all kind of seem to be similar, but there are very important key differences. So what I would recommend um, is like kind of talking to everyone who is in the different engineering programs that you're interested in and to kind of get a gist of like what they're like. And then also talk to like your guidance counselors, your teachers. From what I can tell is that um, for example, for, I can speak mostly on side, but side is a lot more interdisciplinary compared to the other programs like Comp Edge and Soft Edge. We do a lot more than just like the software and the coding aspect of things. We also go through the different design process and we kind of go through how to like, we kind of go through how to solve an engineering problem like from step one to final step to iterations and all of the different processes. So I, that's kind of what I guess differentiates side. Another thing, another factor that I would say is really, really important when choosing what engineering to apply to is the community, especially for, I know Esther and I, we really, really value good relationships and the kind mm-hmm. of community there is in our specific programs. That's one of like the most important reasons we also chose side. So I would recommend kind of talking to people and seeing what the community of different engineering is like, especially for example, soft engine side are quite small compared to, for example, comp eng, which is like really, really large, just like 500 people which also kind of impacts how you learn because your classrooms are going to be bigger. So the profs will have a lot more people to kind of attend to. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I think honestly, because like from the outside, you can look at the stats because like we all know like soft end is literally like the most competitive program at Waterloo or like one of them, but like you can look at that and just automatically think, Oh my gosh, this program is going to take me like the farthest in life. But you also have to like factor in like if said, like the culture and like the environment you want to surround yourself in because I feel like that is something that is so important that a lot of people like don't fully understand until like they get into the situation and they realize oh my gosh like the people I'm around like also affect like how you learn but I think yeah like the biggest thing is to really reach out to upper years because they will give you it like with like with no filter they will like give you the straight facts about like what they like and what they don't like yeah, like, they'll give you all the tea. Like, they will be brutal. Like, even, I know when I talked to upper years, some of these were, like, straight up being like, okay, yeah, like, I don't like this program. Like, I wish I switched out. And stuff like that, which I think is really important for, I guess, 
upcoming people to know. And I think both of us know a good chunk of people who like switched out of a lot of different engineering programs to side or whether that be other mm-hmm. programs just because they didn't like the first program they applied to, which is totally fine as well. So if you guys do end up like going into a program that you like don't necessarily enjoy, like don't don't be hesitant to like try to switch out. Like that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like we were, go on Reddit. <laughs> like Reddit, <laughs> like people give their honest opinion. And like when I remember like when Ikhna and I were applying, like right when we like to get all of like the tea, I guess about if people got in or anything, we would just go on Reddit. Like there's this huge like Waterloo Reddit thread for I think like every year when people apply. And, like, so you can, like, look at the upper years to see what, um, like, what they feel and everything. And additionally, like, I guess we should talk about, like, what other schools we apply to just, like, for the whole uni experience. So, for me, I applied, I don't even remember, this is so, um, I think I applied to six different schools, which now looking back to them, that was, like, way too many, like, way too many. I applied to, okay, I think I, I applied to Waterloo Eng, UFT Eng, UBC Eng, Queens, and MAC. Um, looking back on it, I wanted to give myself, as I said, like options because I was like afraid I wouldn't get into my top schools. But now looking back on it, I think that was way too much. It was like, first of all, I think it was like taking spots away from other people, but also it like cost me way too much money to apply to everything. So I would say have like your top three and maybe like one other backup that you know you'll get in like for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I applied to so many, like <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> like I applied to what, UFT Eng, UFT Comsci, and then UTM Comsci, and then UTM Eng, and then Mac and Queens and Ryerson and basically me too I applied to two programs from each school holy yeah like we applied to a lot like I remember at the end I I was left with a huge amount of money so to be honest (laughs) like you should be like confident in your abilities and and, like of course it's important to have a couple backups but like don't go overboard and I remember like um at Glen Forest one of our teachers would always tell us guys like you're applying to too many and at the time we would all be like no like no like we need to but like now really reflecting back like we didn't like <laughs> just like, be, like okay I would say max you should apply to like six mm-hmm. like that's the max and that's also like if you're not sure and stuff yeah like, like just be confident yeah. like six is like like yeah like like be confident because I feel like when when Nick and I were applying, we were like, oh my gosh, we're not going to get into like blah, 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 blah. And we were just like so anxious. So we we, mm-hmm. like, we felt the need to apply to like all these different schools. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's just unnecessary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, I think the one of the biggest parts about like just applying to schools in general is like having good marks this is just like it's like a standard across all different schools but make sure you because some schools value marks more than others for example like mcgill like they literally just have a cutoff for example if you have over 95 you get in they don't really look at literally anything else but for waterloo it's different because they, they weigh your marks pretty much not equally as your like your extracurriculars but they they still like weigh your extracurriculars like a lot, but your marks do matter. So if we like want to get into specifics, 
Like, I don't even remember my average. Ignore, do you remember yours, like, when you applied? <laughs> Mine, like, fluctuated because depending on the programs, but the, the general range was, like, 95 to 96. Oh, yeah, I think... Yeah, me too. I think mine was like 96-ish, 97-ish, I think, at the, like, for the end, if I'm remembering correctly. And I think, like, I'm pretty sure, like, our marks were pretty high. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, like, we had a pretty high average, so I think we were both, like, pretty confident about our marks. But just, like, for Waterloo in general, I know there's, like, a graph where it tells you, like, for each program what average you have. And like your chances of getting in. Mm-hmm, yeah, I've seen that graph too. A lot of question, a lot of um, questions that I got in a lot before, especially for IB, is that like for example, my marks when I applied to Waterloo were different compared to like my ending average, right? And they're like, oh, like would Waterloo look at your ending average? The thing is, the way it works, from what I know, is when you're applying like in February, and if you have, if you already have all your prereqs and all the marks that they need to see, at that point, they'll just look at the marks you have. And then either you get in or you don't. And if you don't get in until, like, second round and then third round, and while they're at the last round, that's when they'll be able to see, like, your last marks. Mm -hmm, Yeah, and, like, I feel like we get a lot of questions about this, too, but, like, if, like, Waterloo looks at your grade 11 marks or your grade 12 marks. So it, it all depends, yeah, exactly, on, like, what you have when you apply, so I know for us, because we were both in IB, we had um, our grade 12 math marks and our, like, our science marks done, pretty much done, by when we got into grade 12. So we had three already of our grade 12 marks before we, we like, even got into grade 12. But for example, if you take calculus the second semester of grade 12 and you don't already have that credit they will use your grade 11 calculus mark if that makes sense yeah like they because they have to have certain marks for the prereqs so it's like they'll have to use grade 11 if you don't have grade 12 we got lucky in the sense that by the time they were like we applied like in february we already had all of our marks so yeah. we didn't have to like look at our like grade 11 marks i think the only thing we didn't have was like what, grade 12 english yeah, we they had to use, like, a full semester, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, but, like, you know, so lucky because my grade 11 physics mark. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. A lot of people ask me this, which is uh, that they will never look at, like, ever, like, look at your, like, final, final IB mark that's in July. Like, at that point, like, nothing can happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, like yeah. that's, like, just for you. Like, they're not going to look at that at all. Yeah, like, they'll only look at that because, like, when you get admitted, it's, like, a a conditional offer. So, basically, I don't remember exactly, but I think it's, like, you need to keep an 80 average or 85 average in total to keep your offer. So, just by June or July or whenever your marks come in, as long as your overall final average is more than, like, 80 or 85, you're fine. Mm Mm-hmm. They they don't look at your average anymore. Um, but, like, for Waterloo, it's better to have higher averages because they have entrance scholarships. Um, I yeah. think I think for our year, like, for, I think it was, like, from 95 and above, you got, like, what, 1,500 or, like, 2,000, something like that. Yeah, I don't, I really don't remember anymore. So, but something like that. But, yeah, 
I would say, just to be safe, if you are applying to Waterloo Engineering, I would say try to have your average uh, to be like mid mid nineties or like around there, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, low nineties is completely fine. I know a bunch of people who got in because of low nineties, and they have a really really strong AIF. So yeah, I would say aim for like mid to high nineties. But as long as you're even in the nineties range and you have a strong AIF, you have a really good chance. Yeah, and it also like depends on like the type of eng. Because, like, like, the first year end is, like, software. Of course, like, the people applying are going to have high averages because it's just, like, way more competitive. But, yeah, just to be safe, we're not saying that, like, marks are everything because Waterloo does not run like that. They really value, like, who you are as a person and what extracurriculars you've done. But I think just, like, to take a little bit of stress off yourself, try to get the highest averages you can. But if you don't, if you, if you look at your marks and you have, like, for example, a 90 average and you're, like, hearing everyone who got in got a 95, don't count yourself out. Because, yeah, we know, like, I know people who got, like, averages in the high 80s who got into, like, Waterloo Engineering. So literally anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really important point that you just made. So, yeah, I would say just, like, try to do the best you can, but don't overly stress yourself and... As long as you have a good AIF and good amount of extra characters, you still have a really strong chance. Yeah. And so um, that, sorry. Yeah, and I was just saying, like, if like the people who are like in IB want to know if Waterloo like takes your IB points, they do not. <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't know what schools do. I think most. Canadian schools just look at your Ontario average. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if you guys are applying to UBC, they take your IB points or your predicted IB points. But most, if you're like applying on OUAC, I'm pretty sure most of the universities in Ontario do not care about your IB points. <laughs> it's only your your average, so like your Ontario like average. Mm-hmm. And specific to IB, like stuff like EE, like CAST, TOK. To be honest, all of that is pretty irrelevant to water. Like, <laughs> yeah. And all universities that don't care about IB points, like, it doesn't matter to them because it doesn't really have any effect on your marks. But, I mean, if you, I know, I think I, I think I had my TOK in my top six because it ended with a good mark. So, if that's something you want, if you're looking for TOK to your top six, I would say it's a pretty easy course. Oh, girl, honey, I did so poorly <laughs> okay I like for some reason like I just like could not I would I remember like sitting in class and I remember my teacher one time was like having this whole lecture about like ethics and I was just not having it like Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there like like I didn't even remember what happened like the whole the whole semester I I, I, like if someone were to ask me what TOK is like I I could not even tell you (laughs) I mean yeah honestly it depends on the person like I (laughs) For the most part, yeah, I, I like kind of like TOK and it was just like easy marks for me. So I like kind of tried so I could make it get to my top six. But if you're someone like Esther, like it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like just don't care, just pass. Yeah. And like also Waterloo, they don't really like care if you have an IB diploma. Like they don't go like above and beyond and like like make sure people with like IB diplomas are treated better than people with just like an Ontario diploma. Like no like your ib diploma does not really help you that much but not at all like because they just look at your ontario mark and 
that's like the most important part. I know certain universities really, really value IVs, but for Waterloo, it's like really not that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the next huge thing is like extracurriculars. This, I feel like, is something that is like super important for Waterloo. We can't like say for all of the engines, but like I know for side, it's like huge because I feel like your extracurriculars really reflect like who you are as a person and like how you've learned like if you're a leader what type of activities like do you want to partake in so um ignore like just like quickly what like things did you put in your AIF for actually for ECs um so Waterloo and the AIF they have like a list where you can just like like literally list all your ECs um I listed a bunch I don't even remember all of them but I would say like Try not to put, like, irrelevant things. I know some people's ECs list was, like, 25 things long, which is completely <laughs> unnecessary. And it's just, you're doing too much. Like, you don't need <laughs> to have 25 ECs. As long as you have, like, five or six, or not even, like, that's already, like, a decent amount of, like, good quality ECs, like, that's what matters, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the work that I did is, in grade 10, I attended SHAD. So if you guys don't know what SHAD is, it's just, like, this, like, month-long STEM-based enrichment program where you attend one of the universities across Canada and you get to stay there for a month and kind of just attend lectures from university lecturers. You get to go to different labs and kind of experience the university life kind of um, like firsthand and you get to do a lot of cool things. The main point of SHAD though is like they have this um, month-long business um, project that you do. So you're given a prompt. So for us, the prompt was something about like natural disasters and how you can help with that and you're placed in teams and your role essentially is to come up with a product or a solution for this specific prompt and you go through the entire stage of the design process from the beginning to the brainstorming and then coming up with your business plan basically everything and shad really really teaches you how to do that really really well and you do that for a month and you get like professionals like i remember for us we got like people from like dragon's den or like cool people you get really cool people to come in and teach you from their first-hand experiences and you also get to pitch your business plan in front of like a huge like strong panel of business um experts which is really really helpful and they give you feedback which is really useful so if you guys are because i know they now shad has changed their like um admissions and now they don't do grade 12s anymore So if you're still in grade 10 or 11, I would highly recommend that you apply. I think SHAD, I don't know if they're still open, but you can check on that. But I would highly, highly recommend you apply. SHAD actually started at Waterloo. So Waterloo really, really values it. Um, There's also an entrance scholarship if you attend SHAD. Only one person gets it. But (laughs) like, um, I mean, it's still worthwhile. And I know I mentioned SHAD quite a bit in my application. Mm -hmm. And it like really makes an impact because Waterloo really, really likes SHAD kids because it's kind of like their own project that they started. So if that's something that I would highly recommend you guys try out for, and honestly, not even just for like the resume or like just for Waterloo, it's just fun. (laughs) Like, it's just really, really fun. You get to like do all the things you like. Like we got to do like everything. We got to explore robotics, like environmental engineering stuff, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like medical stuff, like a bunch of different things that are just like interesting if you are a person who's interested in STEAM. And you just get to meet like my like-minded people and build your network overall, which is like super fun. Yeah, like from someone who like because I didn't go to Shad, um, 
And, like, from someone, like, on the outside looking in on all the, these different people who went to Shad, I, like, wish I had the opportunity to go. Um, one of my close friends literally met so many, like, great people that she still talks to, like, every single day. So it's, like, I feel like, and even, like, my sister went to Shad, and she was, like, it's amazing. And I think literally when you apply for Waterloo, there's, like, a box you check off if you went to Shad. Yeah, they literally have a question that says, did you go to Shad? Yeah, yeah. So they, like, because Shad is, like, competitive. Like, you need Mm -hmm. to have, like, strong marks and, like, a strong essay to get in. Yeah, Shad essay was rough. But, yeah. No, honestly, honestly, it doesn't work to apply. So if there's someone who still has the opportunity to apply, I would highly recommend going for it. But, yeah. What? What's your essay? Sorry, I'm curious. Okay, it was my essay. Honestly, it was in grade ten. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> it was like it was, it was three different questions. There was one about like leadership, which I think I talked about like some club and like some volunteer experience. There was one like about like a creative problem that you solved, stuff like mm. that. And I feel honestly, looking back now, I could have written such a better application. But you know, you were young though, because like most people that we know go to Shad. The summer before grade 12, so they apply in grade 11. But Iknar got in in grade 10. I think she was the only person in our school to get in in grade 10. Yeah, which was, I don't know. I, honestly, I wish I did it later. I mean, it depends on personal experience. At my specific Shad campus, I think there was only like two or three people in grade 10. Everybody else was in grade 11. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. like, but honestly, just apply so yeah, other than Shad, some other things that I did, I was um, the president of my school amnesty club, just like a human rights charity type of club. I was also the vice president of a community, like Ontario, like based community organization called Inc. Movement. Um, I was also a part of like a bunch of other clubs, like I can't even name all of them, like throughout like my high school career like Ambassadors for Change, Duke of uh, Ed, a bunch of other things. But these are like the three main ECs that I focus on. And and also hackathons. Esther and I both attended a lot of hackathons. We did um, NASA Space Apps at Waterloo. We did RBC hacks, uh, which were also um, some things that I mentioned in my Waterloo application. One thing that I would also, also I think is pretty important is kind of having like a diverse set of extracurriculars. Because, um, like, if you just have, like, of course, most people going into engineering will be interested in tech, right? But I feel like it's also important to have something other than just, like, all your tech stuff, right? For example, like, I had, like, Amnesty or, like, uh, Ink Movement. So that kind of showed my passion and kind of made me seem more human in a sense. They could see that I'm passionate about human rights. They could see that I'm interested in art and stuff like that, which I think kind of, like, diversifies diversifies your portfolio and kind of makes you more unique than other people and it kind of gives you these skill sets and this edge that other people won't have because to be honest you're competing with a bunch of other people who probably have better marks than you who probably know better like coding like more coding languages than you who probably won more than you you know what i mean there's always going to be people who are more tech savvy than you and stuff like that so i think it's kind of important to have like other skills that kind of set you apart Mm -hmm. no i agree yeah like for me I didn't even do that that many extracurriculars, like, up until maybe, like, grade 11 or 12. So I think one of my biggest ones was, like, 
Um, I was the vice president of Glen Forest STEM. So basically, Glen Forest STEM is this like community organization that my school started like five or six years ago. And basically, we create different workshops, different conferences, conferences to promote like educational and career pathways within STEM. So I think the biggest thing that we've done is like in 2018, we actually hosted the largest student run conference in Canada. And actually Justin Trudeau, like Prime Minister Justin Trudeau gave us like a shout out on Twitter and like, like was like on a live stream. So that was something I think one of the biggest things and specifically in my year, what did we do? We, um, we like hosted like a bunch of coding workshops at Google, Microsoft came. We held like some university panels and we just did some like augmented reality stuff. But I think that was like a big thing because my STEM supervisor, Diana like Wang Martin, she has like pretty close connections with Waterloo. She like brings her students there every year, like her chem class there to Waterloo every year. She sends a lot of students to Waterloo and she always literally tells us that Waterloo ends, like Waterloo ends, so they like know who she is. Um, yeah, and like besides that, yeah, I was a part of like some other small clubs like here or there, like some <laughs> like athletic council, like jack.org. But um, another huge thing, I guess, like what Ikner said, like something that isn't, that doesn't really have to do with school is I was like a competitive soccer player for basically all of high school and then like part of middle school. So that was something that I actually, I did write about in my AAF for I think most of my universities about how that like made me the person I am today, um, et cetera. Like it showed that I, like I had different passions outside of like what I would do in school whatever and then like what Ignor said how we were like a part of um a part of like these hackathons together which is like pretty cool and then oh yeah one more thing I guess like this is also like a question on the applications like where you are you part of first robotics so basically oh. yeah first robotics is like an annual like robotics competition um for like schools like across Canada like North America so basically I was a part of my school's robotics team in grade 12 like I was like on the design team and it's like there's also a scholarship for that so if you guys are on your robotics team there and there's also like a woman in robotics scholarship specifically too yeah no I would know first robotics is like really really big and um if you guys if that's something you guys are interested in I would definitely say go for it like it's super cool Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. like honestly looking back on this like I don't think Ikna or like like Ikna and me like I, I don't think we were crazy in high school like I know some people who are like president of like like 10 different clubs who like every weekend they could do like some volunteering stuff like no we were not those people <laughs> we really were not like honestly I feel like it's really important to do the extracurriculars that you actually like and I know that's like it's like everybody says it it's like cliche but like it's true like if you just want to be president of 10 clubs you can drown yourself in mm -hmm. all of that but it's not like it's not going to make you any more different than like for example like us like because you can only talk about that many extracurriculars in your apps you know what mm -hmm. i mean yeah exactly and they i can feel like sorry what there you go I was just saying, I feel like, because, yeah, like, I think in the AIF, they ask you to talk about one specifically, and I think they can tell, like, just from your writing, how passionate you are 
about your club or like what you're doing so it's pointless to just join like 20 different clubs just for the sake of like putting it on an application and I know that sounds so cliche because everyone says that in high school don't join a club for your application yada 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 but it's actually like true like or like join things that like even as like maybe you're not even an executive like I wasn't an executive on my robotics team but I was like really interested in doing the design portion and like literally because I was just like some random member on the team I learned how to like do like 3d catting and I like really loved that and I like found something that like I really loved so don't be like afraid to join clubs that you love even if you don't have like a super big title or like you're in an executive role mm-hmm, no for sure one thing which I also think is really important is I know a lot of people, and I did this myself, try to do things that I thought Waterloo would like, which is like not the approach anyone should take, in my opinion. You should just do the things you like. Like if you like art clubs, join art clubs. If you like athletic clubs, join athletic clubs. Like don't care about what those like Waterloo engineering people would think. Oh, that you're not yeah. in club. Like it doesn't matter. Like they don't they don't have this like image of a perfect student. Like, they just want to kind of see who you are and get to know you. And as long as you're being authentic and genuine to your interests and kind of just explain who you are, that's all that truly matters. Yes. Oh, my God. Exactly. Like, if you have to, like, force yourself to join all of these clubs just to make yourself seem, like, good for Waterloo, most likely you will not enjoy your time there because, like, I know that everyone wants to make make themselves seem like a great student for Waterloo, but you also have to think about what can Waterloo like provide for you? Like, is this actually the best school for me? And I really hate it when people like say, oh, like you don't seem like a like an end student. Like you don't seem like a stereotypical end student. But I'm like, what is a stereotypical end student? Like, <laughs> like literally like there is no like star end student where they take like all math, like, they're a part of robotics like no there are so many people that i know that are in art who love like psych who love sports and they're all in engineering so don't think that if you're part of certain clubs you're gonna be like the ideal student that they choose no that's so important like literally just do what you like bro like you know just do what you like and and that's all like yeah so other than ecs some other things that we get asked a lot is like how are you actually graded for Waterloo. So um, there's one thing called the blacklist. You guys can probably search it up. It's just called the University of Waterloo blacklist. It's basically this list where Waterloo kind of ranks a bunch of different high schools um, and kind of says the percentage drop that they've had ever since they've gotten into like from like high school to university. And using that list, they take off certain percentages from your high school average. So for example, certain high schools, if you are on the blacklist, you will get, for example, a 5% deduction from your high school average so that everyone is on like the same field, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's like, some of it is actually kind of insane. Like I know some schools literally get 20% taken off. Yeah, Um, it like sucks. We got really lucky that Glenforce is not on this specific list. So our like marks didn't get affected. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's, like, the the blacklist thing, and then, basically, yeah, you have your, like, your overall average, and, for example, they take, like, 10% off. If you have, like, a 95, you're now down to an 85, but then you can add percentages 
based on either your AIF, which is basically a supplementary application where like they ask you different questions and you write about them. They're mostly about like why you want to go to Waterloo, extracurriculars, and that can add up to 5%. So it's basically marked out of five. So for example, if you get like a four out of five, it goes from like 85 to 89. And then there is an interview, which is out of another three points. The interview is optional. I would highly, highly suggest you do it because it could add up to three points. Like you can go from like a 90 to a 93 just from like one interview. And, and you can't go down. Like, like you can't do that bad where they take off points. <laughs> yeah, there's no harm in doing the interview. It, you can only go up from here. Yeah. So like that's why like if some people apply with like literally a 99 average, but but their school has like a really, really like – big percentage that that gets taken off and they have like a poor AIF in an interview someone with a 90 average will get in opposed to the person with a 99 average Mm -hmm. and like yeah so like to go in more depth about like the AIF because I feel like this is really scary for a lot of people and a lot of people like I know I had like I literally wrote four different ones (laughs) before my final one (laughs) no yeah same like I am sure both of us went through many iterations and I would suggest that all of you do the same. Like don't just write your AIF like a week before just do like it's a flex. It's not a flex, okay? Oh my gosh, it's do not do that. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing you your chances of getting in are very, very tiny if you do that. Yeah, and like th- like you can tell in your writing how much effort you put in. Cause like I think there's like I think there's like five different questions and like they're all pretty basic questions like I'm pretty sure they're the same every year it's just like why do you want to go to Waterloo why do you want to go to your specific program what are your goals at Waterloo um like what's one extracurricular it's like very basic but and it's like pretty short like the maximum character limit is like 900 so literally like a paragraph mm-hmm. but you really need to be creative because everyone can say I want to go to Waterloo because like I love technology and or I want to go to Waterloo engineering because of the co-op but you, like how think about how many applications they're, they're going to be reading like you need to like try to find a way to stand out yeah no I think that's really really important try like do not be vague like be very very specific like for example in my application I said specific things like such as different organizations or different experiences that I had that made me want to choose Waterloo, right? Like I said, for example, mm-hmm. shat, for example, hackathons, all these things made you want to go into Waterloo, right? Like you have to say these specific things because if you just say, oh, like ever since I was little, like I've loved technology, that they know that's cap. Like that's, <laughs> that's extra, like just be honest, right? Like for example, for me, I took physics in summer school, right? Which a lot of people um, say, oh, like if you take any course in summer school, like you're not going to get into Waterloo. I'm like the example, like, that's not true. Like, I was like, in, and then there's a specific question where they ask you why you chose to do a specific course in summer school. And I was super genuine in my answer. I was genuinely like, I didn't know I was interested in physics until I did all these hackathons and until I did all this stuff. And then once I found out, I couldn't go back and take physics because in IB, you have to choose all your courses in grade 10. So then I did it in summer school. Like, that was literally it. Like, they're not going to judge you for that. Like, you just have mm-hmm. to be that you, can, you can't be like, yes, ever since I was born, I just have loved physics. Like, you don't expect <laughs> to know that. Like, 
just be like you're like just talk about your journey like that's what I did mm-hmm. I just talked about like why I like technology I talked about like for example like my brother like he's one of my biggest inspirations I talked about him and how he influenced me and I talked about kind of specific and, oh my god this is so important like research Waterloo you need to write your application so that as soon as I read it I know it's for Waterloo I this can, this application cannot be written for any other school if that makes sense yes like and also to the specific end for example like we applied to side we weren't just going to write oh i want to go to side because of the co-op because they know that literally every single program at waterloo has co-op right so you also have to like make it specific to the program like i think i wrote something about like oh i love how side there's a cohort system how you stay with the same like 100 people all five years um and yeah, like, what Ignor said, like, literally be honest, I think, like, my first sentence to one of the answers was, like, was literally, like, entering high school, I hated computers. Like, I literally think that was how I started something, because it was mm-hmm. honest. And, like, another one, I started talking about Shark Tank and how I literally loved that, and I was like, whoa, I couldn't be like them. I couldn't be, like, an <laughs> entrepreneur. Um, yeah, but also, do not be cocky. Like, don't like even if you've done so many great things don't gloat about yourself don't act like you're like already too good for Waterloo if that makes sense yeah it's like a hard balance to strike I would say because of course you want to like be confident and kind of showcase your skills and kind of show them like okay like this is who I am but don't like overdo it you know what I mean and yeah. also like don't like exaggerate too much I know a lot of people exaggerate in their applications but don't go too far because then they'll know that this is not even true like you haven't even done this stuff yeah and like also we're saying this like for like our personal experiences based on like what we wrote and what we got in but there's no right way to write like an AIF like like if yeah you're like even like mine and ignores like ours are very different um and like we still both got in so don't think that there's like you have to follow like a certain structure to get in no like if you if you are being honest and you talk about waterloo and like you make it creative and you make it unique like yeah like that's really pretty much all you can do so don't and oh okay this is a right different iterations like have a lot of people edit it i think i had like at least like five or six people editing it Mm-hmm. No, that's super important. Like, I would suggest start on your application pretty early. I think I started mine like kind of beginning of January and then on my first draft and then I got it edited a bunch of times. And by the end of it, I had a completely different application. Like, oh, you have to me. Do, like, <laughs> like the first draft to be your final draft. Like you have, if you want to get in, you have to put in that effort. Yeah. And I, I think I remember writing my first one and having my sister just look over it and she was like no and then that like I can change like the whole thing um and also like don't be scared to like write like so many like I know it's like a lot of work but in the end it's worth it because your AAF really is the only way for Waterloo to get a sense of who you are um so you you have to really let your like personality show through your writing um, and also specifically for side, if you guys want to apply to systems. Um, oh, by the way, side stands for system design engineering. <laughs> We've just been saying side, but yeah. Um, for side, 
each application is reviewed by the chair of side because they want like each person to kind of fit like a like who they want like a side person to be if that makes sense i feel like i explained that kind of bad but <laughs> yeah like for side because they're looking for like a person who's not just all like tech and all just coding they want a person who's more like um kind of diverse in the set of their interests and more just like human if that makes sense and they're just like a lot more just like outgoing and like stuff like that so they kind of have they kind of look for like specific individuals like that so that's why the chair specifically reviews all applications which i would say is a huge advantage because then you can really really show yourself through the application and then you can even if you don't have i guess the best marks your application can compensate for it mm-hmm. yeah and oh my god sorry um yeah and like have i think it's best to have people who are already in waterloo edit it versus like yeah years no, I, I had a bunch of people, like, I talked to other side people who edited it. I talked to, like, um, different, like, Waterloo alumni who had already graduated. I would say that's really important. And, of course, both of us are totally willing to, like, edit any apps if you guys want us to. Uh, we're totally cool with that. But we'd, we would also recommend asking, like, upper years and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, because, like, we spent, like, hours like hours every week so like we're so literally so down to like even like hop on a call with anyone if they like if if someone wants to like talk about their application because like we like we understand the stress I remember like a year ago right now both of us were so stressed because we kind of like didn't know what we were doing and we were also like scared we weren't going to get in like we didn't know how to write like a like I guess a good application if you can call it that yeah no we're totally done also we don't have a lot to do right now so you know like, <laughs> so, yeah. oh yeah, i don't mention this earlier but i would say like research waterloo Can I, somebody? I don't know but definitely research waterloo i'm like scrolling through my app right now and like i mentioned like specific like clubs like i mentioned like in specific startups like my vision like velocity mm-hmm. i even mentioned like for one of my questions like that was like oh why do you want to go into side like like two specific courses that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. If you do stuff like that, it like shows them that you're really interested and like you know your stuff and you know what Waterloo is and you've like done your research, but also kind of makes you like stand out. Mm-hmm. If you just say, I like engineering, like anyone can say that. Yeah, and one thing that I feel like so many upper years have told me about a certain question that's like, um, what are your goals for Waterloo? And I think this is so overdone. A lot of upper years told me not to write this, but like when you write, I want to like start my own company. I want to create a startup at Waterloo. Like, yes, like I'm not saying that don't write this because like these are so many people's goals, but don't just write, I want to start a company. Be Mm -hmm. more specific like about what, like why you want to start a company because this is something that I remember upper years saying that almost every single person puts this on their application their goals at waterloo i want to start a company um so maybe if you're going to put that be a little bit more specific or have different like long-term goals but also short-term goals that you can talk about more specifically no that's really really important just try your best to not be super basic i know that (laughs) imagine Mm -hmm. like thinking the perspective of like the people who read your application they probably read like hundreds of applications a day. 
and I'm sure like all a lot of them sound the same and they probably just like read it for what like 10 seconds and they already know like no like they're not going to spend a whole, whole lot of time reading an application if your first like paragraph isn't good they're not gonna go on yeah and I feel like you can really sense the effort that you put because if if you've done so many great things but you can't put in the effort to write about write about it then like Waterloo will have no idea about like the leader you are or like the tech person you are if you can't really put it into words properly Mm-hmm. that's a really really good point as well so yeah if you guys want we can also like if some of you want we can like share well i don't know but I, i'd be down to like share my af with some of you guys if you like mm-hmm. and anything like that we're totally down to help you can like dm us on like our personal instagrams or even on like the dive instagram yeah and like oh my gosh guys do not be afraid to reach out to upper years because like speaking for someone that like gets these dms i literally love it when people like ask me questions because like inside specifically or just like waterloo Eng, it's like such a community everyone really wants everyone to do well like honestly from the bottom of our hearts like we love it when people come up to us saying i'm gonna apply to side like oh no and it, it makes like your heart happy i know i don't know what it is but i'm like oh like side community that's great cute. and like literally just reach out to everyone like people are most likely always 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 willing to help out mm-hmm. yeah and then yeah, and then, like, besides the AIF, the only other huge thing is probably the interview. Um, the indicate the interview is not a real interview. It's basically where you log on to, like, the portal and you click start, yada, yada, whatever, and then a question appears on the screen and then you answer the question and it gets recorded. So it's not like you're talking to someone real. You basically get asked a prompt and your answer gets recorded. Um I think you have, like, a minute to prep. Yeah, it's, like, really short. Yeah, and, like, the question, like, okay, I just remember my questions being, like, really, really basic. I think the first one was, oh, and have the questions, like, prepared, because a lot of them are really basic. You can find on Reddit. They're, like, why do you want to go to Waterloo? I think, or, like, what is one time where you needed to be a leader? Or um, I think those were my questions. Or, like, what, what is your biggest strength? So, we definitely have at least some jot notes and prepare these questions before you actually do it. Mm-hmm. No, that's super important. I remember before my interview, I like practice like 10 or something like common questions that mm-hmm. you get for Waterloo. And I was able to pull that information in my response. And like, I would recommend like practicing seeing your responses out loud. Um, I know that helps me a lot to kind of craft my responses so I can flow better without like hesitating and stuff like that. So if you have time, I would highly recommend, like, practicing all your responses so you're able to, like, flow better. Yeah, and don't be super nervous going into it because, like, Waterloo is not trying to trick you. Like, they're not trying to ask some super difficult question where you can't get. Like, they're they're basically trying to understand like who you are or like how you deal with a situation where like you don't know a question and you you need to like answer it quickly also on the portal you can do like a bunch of practice questions before you actually start oh yeah yeah no do the practices they're super helpful and you kind of get like an opportunity to use the platform and like kind of get the gist of the practice time 
and the amount of time you have to answer and which is really really helpful and honestly the interview is like not that difficult at all like if you do i know i had one question that was kind of like i was kind of thrown off by but like at the end it was fine mm-hmm. and honestly the interview cannot make your like cannot make your application go bad or like seem worse at all it can only add points it can't take away anything so if you're someone who's considering um uh, applying to Waterloo, I would highly suggest to do the optional interview. Yeah, and like, this is like so off topic, but I just remember your interview, if you think you did bad, you probably did better than you thought. Because I remember for my UFT interview, they asked one, I guess like problem solving question. Oh yeah, I remember asking you one too. Those oh were- my gosh, I got this elevator question. And it, guys, when I tell you, I mumbled the whole thing because I did not know what I was talking about. And I ended it 10 seconds short because it made no sense. And mm. I thought I, like, completely failed it. Um, So, like, but it turns out, like, I didn't completely fail it. And everything turned out okay. So, don't think the end of the world happened if, oh, like, you stuttered. Like, yeah. And honestly, I'm pretty sure most people get a two out of three on their interview that's like just the average like it's yeah. very very hard to get like a three and it's very hard to get a one so yeah as long as, <laughs> as long as you answer like pretty like i don't know like just like in a good flow and you just answer the question you'll probably get a two mm-hmm. and also yeah just like be confident when you say it um mm-hmm. yeah because like they're recording you so, like, make sure you're not, like, fidgeting with, like, things on your desk and make sure you're not, like, oh, and dress. We dress professionally. I, I think I wore, like, a turtleneck and a blazer. From yeah, my- I, mean, I wore, wore a blazer, too. I don't, I don't know what the requirements are, but I would just r- recommend just dressing professionally just to be safe. It gives a good impression. Yeah. And, sure, like, even though I know you're, like, not looking at someone, just, like, make eye contact with the camera. Like, mm-hmm. do hand gestures. Yeah. Talk, like, emotively. Like, don't, like, just, like, yeah. look dead. <laughs> And, okay, this might sound so stupid, but make sure you know the school you're interviewing for because I was I was on the Reddit and this one person was like, during my UFT interview, I said, oh, and the reason I want to go to Waterloo is, <laughs> so do not do that. I think that is a, genuinely the, the worst thing you could do. That's so. just embarrassing, but honestly, <laughs> just, just keep, just remember, just try your best to remember yeah. what you're interviewing for. Yeah. And honestly, I just think, like, when you're applying, overall, like, like we understand that this is, like, a huge step because, like, we were literally in your shoes. And also, don't take, like, everything we said, like, as the structure because this is literally from our perspective. We Like, like we're not saying that this is the right way to apply. We're just saying that this is, like, one way to because, like, this is, like, what we did and we were successful in the past. But no way, like, are we super, super qualified to be telling, like, other people yeah get in but um but like i feel like we understand because like a year ago we put so much pressure on ourselves into getting into waterloo and we we made it like like i guess like an all or nothing type of situation where we had to get in or we weren't going to be successful no that's a really good point that you made honestly at the end of the day just like try your best as long as you put your best foot forward that's all that matters and honestly school doesn't really define you at the end of the day like if you didn't get into waterloo then you probably wouldn't want to go to waterloo either you know what i mean like like they want to take students that they think would fit their school and their community and their culture and if you don't get in that doesn't mean waterloo doesn't like you that doesn't mean 
you're incompetent. That just means like there's some there's a there's a school that better fits your interests, that better fits your personality essentially. Yeah. And I remember this is so funny. I was on TikTok the other day and because are you guys on the t- TikTok where you get all these college admissions? Oh my god, I am. I'm gonna dig all these people right? Harvard and I'm like, sir. Yeah, and then I remember like some people post them of like them not getting in or them getting deferred for early decision and everyone in the comments is like failure is not like is it's like oh rejection is just a redirection um, oh my god i love it so cliche but i love right? it yeah it's so cliche but honestly looking back i think ikon and i both put way too much emphasis on your school defining how successful you will be because even if, for example you don't get into your top school that doesn't mean you can't like succeed and like accomplish all your goals in life because your school doesn't define your success. Um, yeah. I know in the moment, cause in the moment, if someone were to tell me this, I would be like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever, like whatever, like, <laughs> but, but now like looking back on it, like, like I can't even stress enough that if you've tried your best and you genuinely like, on the bottom, of, like at the bottom of your heart, you know, you tried your best and it still didn't work out. Then like you, there's literally nothing else you could have done. Yeah. Honestly, like, school only provides you with resources, right? And, of course, those can be important in a certain sense, but if you're hardworking and if you really are interested in something, if there's something you want to achieve, you can still achieve it without going to a certain school as long as you try hard. Oh my- so that's- yeah. Yeah. Like, just like a story. So, basically, Ikra and I are part of this something called Lunch Club, where briefly basically yada yada it's about like every single week program yeah you get like paired up with someone like across the world or like in your area and you basically you you get paired up based on your interests or your career path so last week i got someone that is a software developer web developer for the chicago bulls and he actually went to school for marketing um something with business and marketing and and then he, he, he's, like, now working for, like, a pretty big company. And the guy before that, he went to school for film. And now he's working in, like, um, he's also a back-end software developer. So, like, you literally never know what could happen. Especially because now tech is so, like, accessible. There's so many online resources, like Code Academy. Just, like, on, like resources online where you can just, like, learn how to code. Like, learn about tech don't think that if you don't get into a school your life is over because it's not (laughs) no like we can't trust this enough and we understand how hard it is for most of you to believe what we're saying because we were exactly where you were like i remember esther and i having this conversation being like okay if we don't get into waterloo it's over for us like yeah literally but honestly literally just do your best and there's so many success stories out there people like, not even going to college and, like, still being so, so successful. So as long as you are able to put your best foot forward, and you're, as long as you're hardworking and passionate, you'll, you'll be successful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I could not have put it any better myself. <laughs> but, yeah. So I think that's it for most of our tips and advice and our journeys to get into Waterloo. As Esther mentioned earlier, do not take this as any sort of like recipe or as any sort of like step by step at all. This is just more about our journeys and what we did that allowed us to get into Waterloo. 
everybody has different journeys and everybody has a different process. Just be authentic to your own journeys and process and just try to be genuine. And I would say that's the most important thing. Yeah, but um, thanks for listening. And I guess we'll like see you, you next week <laughs> yes. in our new episode.